You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Amanda Decadene. Your name is even incredible. You just like, you have such a presence about you. You have such like a regal presence. And what I really have come to love about you after doing lots of, you know, stalking and unearthing all these incredible things about you is you are someone who you are just so solid in taking a stand in who you are and like what you believe. And you're not scared to talk about hard topics with really important people and put yourself out there and put your feelings and your thoughts and what you believe out there. And I feel like as a woman, I am in a phase of my life right now where I am trying to become that confident in myself because it's scary to fully own yourself as a woman and own yourself as what you really believe in because especially someone like yourself who is so influential you have so many important friends you have been in the public eye since you were a teenager i mean just the the feedback from everyone everyone has opinions about you you know and it's like how did you get to the point in your life where you are like okay this is me take it or leave it and i'm gonna say what i feel and share it well i really commend you for starting the journey which i'm sure started long before you were conscious of it actually starting of you know the commitment to live authentically it it kind of gets you when it's time you don't really choose it Mm -hmm. it it's like you just can't do it anymore you know where you're living in a way that it just doesn't feel okay and when for me when it's it's kind of i think i've always had an aspect of this ever since i was a kid i've always had opinions on things and those opinions were encouraged and then i was hosting live late night television at 16 and so you know i've i've always had a forum to talk about the things that i that i speak about and i think about but that's very different to living authentically and not being afraid of how those choices, you know, full, full where they may. And I will say that it is extremely difficult and it is scary because people will push back against you having a strong opinion on something. Um, Even if it's just to do with you, even if you're like, this just doesn't work for me. You're not even trying to change their life. You're just saying, I can't participate with you in this way. People don't like it. And I, I talked about this the other day when I said, and I, and I said, 
when you don't follow the script that other people created for you based on your agenda, based on your looks, based on the projection of you, whatever they've projected onto you and whoever they've come up with in their minds that you should be, whenever you don't fulfill that narrative, you're a problem Mm. because then you're challenging how they see things. And so just by you merely existing and saying, I'm not following your script, I'm not participating in the narrative that you've created, whether that is what you think I should look like at work or in my, in my case, the kinds of people you think I should interview or the kind of show you think I should do or the kind of book you think I should write. All of those creative expressions get stifled and fucked with by other people thinking that they know better what you should be doing. And you know what? They don't know better than you. Nobody knows better than you. And that's what we have to trust. That's what we have to practice every single day when we feel something strongly and when our community, our work environment, our partner or whatever is like, are you sure about that? Or why do you need to make a big deal about that? Or do you have to say something about that? Or whatever it is, you have to kind of talk to yourself and say, actually, it is important to me. It is important to me that I say something or it is important to me that I don't do that thing or, and really quiet down those voices and go, what do I feel? What do I want? What do I know about this? Because you cannot tell me that you know more than me about me. Mm. And that is not the way the world is. The world is set up for us to always be looking outside of ourselves for proof and validation for who we are. Always buy that thing, listen to that thing, date that person, look like this, follow this career path. Like everyone's telling us what we should do in order to kind of be the best version of ourselves. No one is saying quiet everything, not no one. uh, Culture is not set up to remind us multiple times a day to quieten down everyone else's voices, quieten down the outside voices, connect with yourself, get in tune with you, whoever that may be. And that is the person whose truth you must follow. Agreed. Totally agreed. And I feel I have been a people pleaser my whole life, like a, to my detriment that it's like, I'm, I hit 40. I have a daughter now she's three. And I'm like, it's happening. Like the, it started really kicking in in the past, like five years. I'm like, I cannot live this way anymore. Like I just, why am I living this way? First off, who are these people that I have put on this pedestal that I feel like are judging my every move? And like, why do I feel like I have to be so perfectly polished and say the right thing, do the right thing, be the right thing, make sure everyone feels good, make sure I'm, you know, not too much, not too little, like all the things, just like constantly trying to weigh it out to make sure that I don't upset anyone. So then I'm accepted. Oh my God, exactly. And it's exhausting. And by the way, like who gave us this script, right? This script of that script, that woman you're talking about. I know that woman. I I have at times been that woman and I can fall back into being that woman. So I know her really well. <laughs> then I want to like um, talk about your tips for how you fall out of that when you catch yourself. Like, what do you do yeah, to get out of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do know her really well. And the thing is, is that she is a people pleaser. She does want to be liked. She does want to be accepted. She does want to be hired. She wants to keep the job when she gets the job. Um, and, and a lot of this is, I hate to say it, but it is, it's gender stereotypes you know we have been told as women that we're so lucky to get in the room that we better not make any problems when we're in the room we better not like upset anybody or challenge anybody because we could get kicked out the room at any moment and you know what that's true that is still true i wish it wasn't but it is still true because we're still not living in a world that is supportive of women having strong opinions. Maybe a few women get to, maybe, but I actually don't know a woman, no matter how successful they are, that on some level doesn't have someone who's more successful than them, who is still in a position of power. And therefore, even the woman that has power feels afraid to rock the boat, if you will. 
Because you are a woman, I feel like, that has really come into your voice. Like you have really rocked the boat. <laughs> you have really, you have. You really rocked the boat. You have huge celebrities on from Lady Gaga to Hillary Clinton to Gwyneth Paltrow to Alicia Keys. I mean, you talk to everyone and you are so the thing about you that's so cool is you are just like you're like everybody's best friend and but everyone is a celebrity that you're talking to. And y'all have these like real in-depth conversations that we all are wanting to have and you have them and you're, but you do say what you want to say and you aren't scared to go there on a big platform. How did you get to that confidence? That's a great question. I think that I don't even think about whether I'm a confident person or not. I, that doesn't really cross my mind. What I know is that human beings all have the same emotions. Some of us are more in touch with them than others, but nobody's born without like the ability to experience joy or sadness or pain or vulnerability or exhilaration or love or despair or like every human being has the same range of emotions. Some of them only live in a small range. Some live in a wider range. Some have arrested development, whatever the deal is. And I know that we are all, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience. And I've always known that. I don't know why I know that. I innately know that I have just as much in common with some random person that I meet in line at the coffee shop as I do with Lady Gaga. When we're talking about the experience of living, maybe the person I meet in the coffee shop works as, like I have a friend who's an end of life social worker. Wow. So she's working with people in the last months of their lives. Whoa. Now, day to day, our jobs are super different. Day to day, Lady Gaga's job is super different to mine. But I could tell you that myself, my social worker friend and Lady Gaga, there are similarities between us as women navigating the world. There just are. The zip codes might be different. The, you know, makeup and hair might be different, but like the internal experience is really there's more in some more similarities than there are differences. And somehow I always speak to that in people. I speak to that in people and I speak from that place in myself. And, um, and I'm genuinely really curious about people. Like I, I interviewed, there's a therapist called Terry real, who I interviewed for my series about the men, the conversation about the men, which is about to come out. And I fell in love with his work so much that I, signed up to take a course with him. I mean, there's like 500 other people in this course thing. Um, and I, I'm not a therapist and I'm not like a social worker or a life coach or any of those people. I'm just me. And, um, and I love it because I'm, what is the common denominator with all those people? They're all interested in his work and learning more about themselves and learning how that work can help them to help other people in the world. And so I love being a part of that. You know, I'm, I'm just like, I, I, I go where I'm interested. I go mm. where I'm interested. And I, and I gravitate towards my work reflects my life. So what I'm interested in personally is what I will create outside of me in the world. Mm. When I made the conversation, my series that you're talking about where I interviewed all these incredible women, I've been doing that series now for 10 years. I continue to do it as, as, a, as a podcast. And, you know, I, I wanted to tell stories that were authentic to women. And at that time, when I first launched it, women were not talking about the deeply vulnerable aspects of their lives, like devastation from heartbreak, postpartum depression, sex addiction, drug and alcohol addiction, self-harming, having sex with strangers, doing cocaine, like, you know, meditation, um, body dysmorphia, like people were just not talking about that stuff. And, and I was really committed to creating a safe space for women to have that dialogue. And, and I did that with the conversation and I continue to have those conversations. There are just way more people who actually do that today. At the time, no one gave a shit. They were like, oh, why, you know, this is very niche, isn't it? And I was like, well, women are niche, 52% of the population. I just couldn't, people didn't care about women's stories. They weren't interested. It was very hard to do. 
now there's so many people that you know advocate for women and tell women's stories and center women that i kind of feel like that's great you know i was doing that at a time when nobody was really interested in it and i feel like i really helped open the door for um you know that type of content and i see so many people who do it and do it so beautifully and are so passionate about it and that makes me really happy um you know what i'm really interested in doing at this stage of the game is actually talking to men mm. which is you know surprising for many people but for me it makes complete sense it's like i'm right on track for doing a series with men given I'm married to a man for 20 years. I have a 15-year-old son and I look at the world and the culture, the masculine the the very toxic masculine culture that he's growing up in globally. It's like I'm right on track to talk to men, you know. And by the way, we've not someone said to me the other day, "Oh, don't you feel like women men have been platformed enough? Like why are you giving them a platform?" And I was like, "Well, you haven't really heard from them in the last 5 years, have you?" men have really shut down and shut up over the last 5 years because a they needed to because yes we had had enough of hearing from them for the last how many generations but they needed to because masculinity was getting shredded and it dismantled a lot of stereotypical patriarchal infrastructures and systems and ideals ideals more than anything ideals and what that meant was men did not know what to say or do mm. and many still don't know what to do or say and therefore i'm really interested in finding out where they're at because if masculinity needs to get restructured men need to take the lead in that and they cannot if they're not involved in the conversation and having open dialogue about this l a s i k lasik.com Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to lasik.com/quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at lasik.com/quiz. Yeah, lasik.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L A S I K lasik.com Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. Bostonproper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for: sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit bostonproper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper, wear it like no one else. That's really inclusive of you to look at it in that way because I do feel like we've needed a break from the man's perspective for a while. And I do feel like there's a lot of guys out there who are like I want to be awakened. I want to be a part of this new way of being, but there hasn't been a lot of examples. And it like you said, it's happening right now. The restructuring is happening right now. What do you want to know? What will that series be like? How what are you going to find out? I am launching this series on September 19th. It's called The Conversation About the Men and anyone that tunes into that will hear the interviews that I've done. I will give you some of the the things that have been really interesting to me thus far because certain themes are coming up and then there's also certain themes that I'm bringing up because I want to have conversations with men about these subject matters. So, one of them is parenting, right? Mm. What does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to be a father in 2022? Uh what is the role of a father? The role of a father is so significant. Um my father just passed um 9 weeks ago and so I've been thinking a lot about what is a father? What does it mean to have a father? What does it mean to not have a father? 
um, for the first time in my life, I don't have a father. So I'm really thinking about it. And, you know, we know kids that grew up without dads. We know daughters that grew up without dads. We know where daddy issues come from. You know, being an active participant in your child's life, being a role model, being an example of masculinity, letting your kids see how you treat your partner or the mother of your, ch of your children, how you communicate with her, um, how you problem solve, how a, a father treats his daughter, how a father role models being a man for his son. All of this is so imperative to helping shape masculinity. We, as mothers, are the first relationship that our children have. And the relationship with the father is equally as important and it just doesn't get talked about as much. So I'm talking to men about what does it mean to be a father? I'm talking to Matthew McConaughey. We spoke about how he raises his kids, about, um, about how he was taught about consent by his own dad and then how he talks to his own children. Um, his definition of masculinity, he's got two sons and a daughter. How does he talk to his sons about masculinity? Um, Really, really insightful. Actually. I would love. Super I can't insightful. wait to hear that. I mean, I feel like Charlamagne... he's kind of. I feel like Matthew McConaughey is kind of on the forefront of this new wave of being a great man. Like he's like turning into this like intellectual guru. Like he's so he's, wise, right? Uh -huh. He's so so. That was a really fascinating conversation. Speaking to Charlemagne the God, who, uh, you know, by his own admission, uh, when he had daughters he looked at masculine culture and rape culture um, through a whole other lens because now he's a father to daughters. And what's his participation in a culture that has been misogynistic that really made him stop and take note and reflection and change some of his uh, you know, approaches and perspectives and, and actions in the world uh, because he's now the father of daughters. Mm. Um, that was really interesting. Um, you know, so those are so parenting has come up, um, sex has come up, um, you know, relationships to sex, porn culture, I know. Uh, you know, women viewed as objects. Yeah, that's come up. Um, toxic masculinity overall has come up a lot. Um, mental health, men with mental health issues. Because men have not, because of masculinity and wanting to be so masculine, men haven't really shown their mental health issues, I feel like, or felt like exactly. they had the ability to be vulnerable about it. And statistically, men suffer from mental health and depression at a at a higher rate than women. And yet, because men are raised, boys are raised to not express their feelings, to not communicate vulnerability or weakness, because that's not manly. And that is a problem. We're raising generations of boys to be disassociated from themselves. Because they're born with the feelings too. Mm. They just go underground. They are peer culture and popular culture. The environments they're growing up in suppresses and teaches them do not feel. And if you don't have feelings, technically, you'd be a sociopath. <laughs> like, what are we? What kind of boys are we raising here? And then we wonder why we've got boys who are desensitized, who are spending hours in virtual worlds, watching yes. porn, playing video games, disassociated, don't know how to actually connect with real live human beings. It's a, a massive problem. And, and so I've been having, that's something that's been coming up a lot too. Um, what great you know, look, it's really interesting, really, really interesting. So it's kind of, you know, it's a mix of people. It's like the dude who was on the bachelor, Nick Vial. Yeah. Who, <laughs> Like super interesting, you know, like that is not my kind of show or my kind of like, there's nothing about that that is interesting to me. What's interesting to me is who America thinks is the most desirable male, which was him at one point. I and know. who's that dude? Right. Who's that dude? Exactly. And he, was, and he was super insightful and had a lot of really refreshing things to say about love and connection and relationships and vulnerability. He probably like, learned beautiful. a lot from putting it all out there too, you know, cause he could have started right? off just a regular guy, thrown himself in a blender on America's TV, like biggest TV show. And then he learns all this stuff too, you know? That's like, I think what happened actually. That mm -hmm. is exactly what I would say. I mean, I only spent an hour with him, but I would say that he's, he's, that's exactly what happened. So it's really interesting. It's like speaking to people from different 
perspectives, different cultures. I spoke to a fantastic man and actor um, called Cal Penn, who um, was talking about how surprised he was when he came out. You know, he had been in a in a in a same sex marriage for many many relationship for many years, and was so surprised at how shocked people were when he came out, and that he suddenly became like a gay poster child, and which he didn't expect. And you know, I guess people's response to uh, you know, to somebody being gay is still, you know, shocking, uh, which was interesting to me. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, but this is this is all kind of real stuff that's going on in men's lives. And it is. And also, to be honest, Caroline, I want to talk to people outside of the echo chamber. You know, I want to talk to people where people disagree with me, where people challenge what I say, where they ask me why I think that. Um, where, you know, I've started to interview people that I really disagree with just because I actually want to understand. I want to understand. There's no, it's no like mystery why I'm studying psychology. It's because I'm fascinated with why people are the way they are. But I learn a lot more from speaking to people who I maybe don't agree with these days than when I talk to people who I do agree, agree with. Have you ever been swayed to another opinion that you thought you could never believe after talking to someone who strongly disagreed with you, like, and they made valid points. Were you able to, like, did you stay in your opinion or have you ever been, have you ever switched over based on someone's beliefs and explaining them so well? The only thing that I was way more receptive to than when I initially started the conversation was polygamy. Mm, interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that would never work for me. Like, I feel like that would way. not work for me either. Would not work. Like definitely not. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't know, like this goes against basic Darwinism, you yeah. know? And then having spoken to someone who is a polygamist, is an active polygamist, I really, and I didn't have a judgment about it because anyone could like, do you get on with it. If that's your truth, do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have a judgment of it, but I definitely didn't understand same with sex work same with sex work sex work i also struggled with that the understanding that that would be somebody's first choice i always thought well people are doing sex work because they don't have any other options or they've That's got to I've do that thought. Like they have no. to make money this is the only way they no. know how people choose you you've found that people choose it why do they choose it they believe that they enjoy it. They enjoy it. Um, they earn great money. It gives them freedom to go to college, go travel, raise their kids, kids not be reliant on a partner for money, for many reasons. So what's the slippery slope? When does it get dark? Because there's that line with like sex work in particular that it's like, I totally hear everything you're saying there too. It's like, yes, if you are choosing this, it gives you all this freedom. But then where's that line where you do feel not respected and you can be, you can, your lines can be crossed, you know, because I feel like sometimes like well, men can just take it to another level, even if there are boundaries. Well, absolutely. In place. I mean, you know, my personal opinion on if my daughter came to me and said that that's what she wanted to do for a job, I would be having a different conversation with her. I interviewed a woman called Lana Rhodes, who is the number one porn star on Pornhub. And I love this woman. I have so much respect for this woman. She was incredible. When you got into her childhood and you understood the massive trauma that she grew up with, you understood how she could be disassociated enough to do the kind of gnarly gonzo porn that she educated me about what that is. Um, just careful if you Google it. Just it's really called be careful gnarly gonzo it. porn. <laughs> I'm calling it gnarly, but it is called gonzo porn. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna Google this and I'm gonna be scared. It be, it's right, it, it, just be careful when you Google it. You can understand why, how she was able to do that. And what I love about her is that at the height of her fame as a porn star, she quit in her early 20s, at the height. Why did she quit? Because she crossed that line. She was pushed over that line and she crossed that line. Man, I have and a chill and I her... wanna cry a little bit. 
I wanted to cry and I have so much respect for her for choosing to stop putting herself in the circumstances that she was putting her in because it was damaging for her. Now, someone else's line may have been different, but for, and her line was pretty far out there, but it was her line. She had a line. And she, and it got crossed and she stopped. And most people don't stop their porn career at the height of their success when they're the number one porn star in the world. And by the way, when I say the number one porn star in the world, I'm talking about like, you know, however many hundreds of millions of views on all of her content, like for real, like the most famous person on the internet. That takes courage and strength. And I have immense respect for her. So that's, for example, somebody who, I didn't know what that interview was gonna be, um, but I came out of, I really wanted to speak to her because I really wanted to understand her psychology and understand her. Um, that's an interview that I'm actually airing soon. Uh, I've been sitting with it for a while. Um, sometimes I do interviews and I sit with them because sometimes they're really close to the line with certain things and I need to kind of make sure that they're good for me and for the other person. And are all these interviews, because you have lots of outlets, so are they all for the conversation in your podcast? Yeah, so the conversation is the podcast and I have the conversation about the men, which is this series that I'm doing where I'm talking to guys and I have my regular conversation that just happens every week. And that's whoever it is I'm talking to, whether it's Lana Rhodes or I just interviewed Jamie Lee Curtis about recovery. And, you know, there's all kinds Man, of different I people. I love the movie she just did. I forgot the title, but she's like, I'm not sucking everything. She's everywhere, like, I'm yeah. letting everything all the time hang out. She yeah. was sick. And I freaking, I relate to that. And I would love to ask your opinion about this because I feel like you are someone who would have such good insight. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Okay, so I was telling you a little bit before, like I am going through a shedding phase. I went forever. I was people pleasing, and that involved with like my looks. I thought I needed to look a certain way and like be a certain way because I've been in the country music industry for a long time, pursuing a music career before I got into interviewing. And so I wanted to be a certain way to be accepted. So that involved like the way I looked. I had long blonde hair. Always was wearing tight fitting clothing. Like lots of lashes and just wanted to be a certain way. And then I kind of hit this wall where I like, I completely went opposite. I was like, I cut off all my hair. I dyed it to my natural color. I, I don't really wear a lot of makeup anymore. Like, but it's like, I went so extreme the other way because I was so, and it happened when I had my daughter, I was like, what am I showing her? You know, like, why am I doing this? I needed to get clear on why I was doing the things I was doing and I have no problem with en like enhancements of any sort, but it's like, I need to know why I'm doing them. What is your take on putting, on being sexy, being a sexual woman, putting yourself out there in the world to embrace yourself in a beautiful, sexy way, but then also not feeling 
because I got to this point where I'm like, I don't want any guys looking at me because I, I was so grossed out by the by the other side of it so much. I'm like, every guy, they're just going to want to have sex. Like, that's all they're thinking about. They're just thinking, if I'm putting myself out there, they're just thinking, I just want to have sex with you. And I mean, I know that's an extreme thought, but it like, it, are you single? No, I'm married. <laughs> I'm oh. married. I've been with my husband for like 10 years. He's amazing. He, I like literally am constantly on emotional roller coasters and always trying to understand the depths of my soul. He's great. He's a musician. He's very sensitive and creative. So thank God he's like cool with all my different mood swings, <laughs> but I'm always trying to figure out why I'm feeling a certain way. And I got to this place where I'm like, why am I dressing this way and being this way? Yes, I feel pretty, but like, who am I doing this for? Because I feel like I have to put on a show for people and why am I doing this? And then like, if I'm doing this for the music industry, so I'll get accepted and people will want to hire me or want to work with me or like me, but then it's only because of this outward perception and it's not really for you. Yeah. Then like, why it's am I doing really you? I mean, so now I'm I mean, kind of lost all, <laughs> in this vortex. Well, of well, How I describe what you're describing to me is a period of time where we're in the hallway. Like we're in one room. You're like, yeah, that room was not for me. The lashes and the outfits and the he heels and the hair and the blah, blah, blah. Like I outgrew her. I outgrew her. That was a version of me that I outgrew now. That was you for a while. That was you until it wasn't. And having your child and experiencing something so pure and so profound and so truthful, there's nothing more profound and truthful than becoming a mother. Mm, like nothing. Yeah, truly. Whatever isn't real will get challenged and will fall away because you can't be living in both places at the same time. And, and you've grown, you've grown, you're not her anymore. So you're out of that room of, of that version of you. And you're kind of in the hallway where you're like, oh shit, what is the next room I'm going into? That's exactly how I feel, Amanda, because I'm literally, yeah. all the time I sort of have like moments that I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I don't even like recognize myself. Yeah, who are you? I don't yes. know really where I'm going. I just know that like I'm here right now, but I don't know where I'm moving forward. So I'm like, okay, and then don't I guess worry. I'm just here. <laughs> don't worry. Honestly, don't worry. None of us know where we're going. None of us know where we're going. I know. But all we know is that the North Star is that we stay true to who we are. Because look, I'm staying true to who I am to the best of my ability, okay? I come up all the time against the challenges that I spoke about with people not liking me, people thinking that I'm problematic because I have opinions, I don't agree with stuff, like all of that stuff. And sometimes I'm exhausted. I'm like, it would just be easier if I just said yes to people and didn't. But you, you would so, like me more. I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be a problem because I'm opinionated and I get tired of it. And then I think, well, you know, if I really can't take being in our industry, maybe I'll start an animal shelter because I love animals. You know, I love animals. And I think, well, maybe I'll be a therapist. I'm really curious about human beings and human nature. So, you know, here's the thing. I have a lot of animals. And what do you have? I, spend, I have two rescue dogs from a meat farm in Korea. I have four cats from Los Angeles parking lots. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> I've got chickens. Like I have, I love my animals. And so I, that's something that's true for me. I am so curious about people. So now I started studying psychology. So you just keep going towards the things that feel good. It may be that you end up doing something completely different that you hadn't even dreamt of. It may be that I end up doing something completely different. I honestly don't know, but I know you that follow it's your gut. It's your yes, gut. Is that your guidance? Your gut? It's my gut. It's my intuition. It is get, making sure that I quieten down enough to do meditation, to go for a walk in nature, to be with my animals, to turn my phone off you know, for a certain amount of time a day to not be online, to be present. That reminds me, it connects me to who I am. It reminds me, oh, I feel good over here with this person. Oh, I feel good over here when I do that thing. Oh, I feel inspired over here when I do this thing. If I'm moving so fast that I can't pay attention to any of those things, that's when I'm in trouble. That's when I could be heading down a path that is just not good for me or not truthful and not authentic because I'm 
not connected to myself. But as long as I keep checking in with myself, I can gauge whether what I'm doing and what I'm where I'm going is the right way. It's like an internal compass. But none of us know what the outcome is going to be for any of us. So that feeling of like, like I was just in a hallway about six months ago, eight months ago. Was I was with in your a dad? With your yeah. dad passing? And yeah, you've been was, very vocal about grief, which I think, I, I love that you're so vocal about what you're going through. You know, I think that is just, that is one of the great things that I have really grown fond of of you. And I just met you, but you. like, you're so vocal you. about what you're going through and expressing that. And grief is a huge one. It's huge. And guess what? It's huge for so many people. And it has been so comforting to me to hear other people's stories about grief and loss. That has been, I would say, the one of the top things that have helped comfort me through this process is other people's stories and grief. Because had I not have been willing to be vulnerable and put make mm. that public information, I wouldn't have had the incredible experience of hearing everybody else's stories. People have sent me books that literally got me through a period of time where I just felt like I couldn't take it. People have shared stories with me, like the, 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 the outpouring of support and shared experiences is actually what kind of got me through the worst of it. And so I, I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer in if you, Caroline, share your journey of like, I don't know where the fuck I'm going, but I cut my hair off and dyed it brown and da 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 you're going to hear a lot of stories of other people who are exactly where you are, who are thinking of doing what you're doing, and of people who are five, 10 years ahead of you. And you're going to go, oh, okay, I'm in the right place. Why are people so scared to share? Like, I feel like that has been, and I've always been pretty good about sharing. I've always been very like, I, th I feel like I started this podcast because I was so looking for answers from people that I thought knew things like celebrities and people of influence. And what I've realized is everyone is figuring it out. And no, like you only know things by going through them and putting yourself out there and trying and learning and sharing experiences and getting in community. Why are people so deathly afraid to share their deepest feelings? Like why? Because like, like you said, you shared about grief and it led you to so much healing in this new community of people that if you would have never shared, you would have never known. But so many people can't get to the place of sharing it. So many people cannot get to the place of having the feeling in the first place even privately why is that because it's uncomfortable because it's so big mm, it's what so happens painful. when you feel it like what happens when you let it swallow you because i think that that's what yeah, that initial yeah. swallow is so overwhelming that you want to do yeah. everything you can to block to it avoid it yeah what yeah, happens well, you, since you, you did you're not gonna it? you think you're not gonna come up for us you think that it's like um it's like a wet paper bag that just comes apart and just like, just ugh, into like mush. And you wonder kind of what's left of you. Like, where did I go? I've just been consumed and flattened by this emotion. And you, for me at least, I mean, it manifests different for different people, but for me, loss and grief uh, completely stalls my life. It's very difficult for me to do anything else. And so, for me, I just let myself cry in the middle. I mean, I did a, I, someone interviewed me the other day and I started crying halfway through the podcast. And I was like, I'm sorry, this is like, this is just, it might happen, you know? And, you know, and I'm okay with it because I don't want to do, I don't want to do what it takes to not have those feelings. Mm. The alternative Suppressing. is not healthy. Yes, it's not healthy. I don't want that. Have you done so, the alternative before? I mean, I'm sober a very long time. So when you don't self-medicate with... I've been sober, sober for a year, almost, with my husband. We got sober together. It was... Well, by the way, that's also part of the shedding. You didn't tell yeah. me that piece. That is the most significant piece, is the shedding. And I... No, like, around, around a year is when you really start to kind of go, oh, this doesn't fit me anymore, and, and who he, am I? This was him. He wanted to make a change in his life. And I have never really been a great drinker. I'm not like, it's, I'm not cool. I'm not fun. So I'm like, let's just take this out of our life. And it has been a relearning, especially being almost 40 years old. I'm 39. It's like your whole life, you realize how much is revolved around alcohol, how every social setting is like, you have to totally figure out a new way to 
be, be. with people well, a new version of you <laughs> yeah. right but that's but like that's the new version of you that you're you're one year old like yeah you're like a toddler you're like a baby you're one year old mm-hmm. you know and that's that's just the reality so it is a new version of you that's learning to walk talk be at work be a friend have sex communicate like all the things without without the buffer of alcohol yeah and it takes relearning it's relearning everything without that interaction of alcohol and you know it makes sense i'm excited for you too how long have you been sober i have been sober for 25 years wow what okay so being so deep into sobriety what have been some of the revelations that you've had in your journey i well there's so many thousands and thousands of them honestly there are thousands and thousands of them but what i will tell you is that without the foundation of sobriety i would not have anything close to the life i have today i don't even think i would be alive to be honest really i don't say that lightly yeah really i was i was because you were like they called you like the wild child in your early days because you got famous so young i mean you were famous i got famous young yeah i got famous young and i had the the equivalent the 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 equivalent tra- the trauma that came from being famous very young manifested in self medicating with drugs and alcohol and, it was and a, I needed was it a fun? lot of drugs in the beginning was I, it fun I did have a lot of fun in the beginning I was hosting a live late night show which I was always wasted on that show I was listening to great music I had great musicians on great bands great amazing interesting people um, it was amazing fun until it wasn't. I know, there's that moment. It's just that moment. Like you talk about that line of like, when does that line get crossed? Did you know, is there a a definite line when you hit it? I mean, I crossed it many, many times. And then I was like, oh, I'm never gonna cross that line again. And then I would, you know, because I suffered from addiction and alcoholism and I couldn't stop myself. And that line just kept getting pushed further and further out. And I was like, the line is going so far, so fast towards death that I, I, I got to stop, you know? Um, and in fact, getting pregnant with my daughter at 19 was when I got so, when I stopped drinking. And then when I was 22 is when I got sober. And what I consider sobriety now is obviously I haven't had a dr- drug or a drink in my system for 25 years. But what I work on is emotional sobriety, which is my behavior and my thinking mm. is that sober. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So can you do a little breakdown of like how you check yourself on that? Like what is what is emotional sobriety for you? Emotional sobriety and spiritual is very aligned with spiritual health. So am I aligned with my values? Am I living aligned with my values? Am I treating people in a way that I feel good about? Am I living in accordance to what I believe is important? Um, am I living truthfully? Am I, sorry, just like, it sounds like a lot of branches just fell on my roof. Um, emotional sobriety is everything that keeps me away from drinking and keeps me towards a spiritual path. And that is to do with like behaviors, right? You know, like, I don't, I'm married, so I don't flirt with people or engage in flirtatious conversation or give my number to dudes who there could be any kind of, you know, attraction to. And see, that those are all the secret sneaky ones that you- No could, one's gonna know about that, right? I know about that. I feel the same way. And I feel like when I, I've been married now for like 10 years, but I feel like at one point I'm like, do I even have mojo anymore? Like, I don't even, like I used to be like oh, on the scene. But like, I don't totally. even know how to do it, nor do I want to, because I, I feel either. the same way. Like if I were to even put out energy of like flirtiness or whatever, I would feel, it, it would feel, it would feel like an emotional betrayal to myself, even though like I wasn't exactly. doing anything to hurt my husband. Exactly, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. That's emotional sobriety. So you're in that's check like with the, it all. You're not letting yeah, it Yeah, so you're, you're in, you're, you're, that's clean behavior. Clean behavior. Yes, because there's all right? these things that you can sweep under the rug that no one's going to ever know, but you know. You know, and that is what matters. Again, you know you. You know what's best for you. You know what's okay for you. 
You know what you can live with and what you can't. You know what feels right for you and what doesn't. You know. And no, it doesn't matter what anyone else has to say about it. It doesn't matter. What matters is how do you feel about it? Now, if you feel that it's okay to, you know, flirt with other dudes, maybe that's an arrangement you have in your marriage where you're like, you know what? I don't care if you flirt with other women. You don't care if I flirt with other men. That's fine. The line is having sex with someone else. Okay, fine. Whatever works for you in your marriage. Like, I don't care. But whatever those agreements are that you've made with your partner and yourself, sticking to those means that you're living in emotional integrity. Mm. And I want to be an emotion. I want to be in emotional integrity. Yeah. So, and that's not to say that, you know, I don't make fucked up choices or I don't lose my shit or I don't like, no, I'm a human being. And so the other side of that is when you are less than you want to be and you don't make choices that align with your values, you cannot be horrible to yourself and berate yourself and say, you know, you're just a terrible person and get down on yourself and shame yourself. You have to go, you really made an unhealthy choice and you really hurt that person. Do you have amends to make? Do you need to clean something up and acknowledge to that person that you did something wrong? Yes or no, you do it. And then you got to get on about your day. Do you drop it? Because that's something that I have trouble with is like, I immediately can notice when I have done something wrong, but like I can sometimes get on a loop and just loop and loop and loop and feel like such a very hard for me to drop it. Yeah. Very hard. I was actually speaking to someone this morning saying one of my biggest challenges is the emotional hangover Mm. of when there's been some kind of emotional trigger. It could be something that I did or something that someone did that triggered me it's very hard for me to get back to a set level right? to get reset. Yes. It's like I'm spun out for a while and Agreed. I'm like stuck in that loop and I hate it. I do too. You know, and my, and my friend said to me, look, it's one of the beautiful things about you that you feel things deeply. It's why I do what I do in the world. You know, it's like I care and I feel things deeply and I'm passionate about things and I'm interested and I'm super curious and, you know, and I work really hard and, and it's, you know, it's because I feel things intensely. And one of the really hard things about being me is that I feel things intensely. Mm. It's both. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. But you do it anyway, and you're an activist for so many amazing things. Is that, speaking up and being an activist, is that, is that equally as rewarding as it is hard or is it just because it's so deeply in you that you know you are called to do it that you have to say these things or do you sometimes wish like man i'm just like exhausted with having to be on the forefront of fighting for things it's a really good question and for many years i felt like i had to like i just had to with women's rights i just had to and it was something i was driven to do I was compelled to do it and it was like breathing for me. The last election cycle when Joe Biden was running with Kamala as his VP, I had worked with Kamala, I had interviewed Kamala. I'm such a big fan of hers and God knows I didn't want Trump again, but I simply at that time of my life didn't have the energy to be on the forefront of campaigning in the way that I usually do for a president that I really felt was a better option than what we had. 
I just, and, and there was a huge initiative around that campaigning, obviously where they woman of color as a, for our vice president around women's rights and everything that, that she was going to do for women. So my community was extremely activated around that time. Right. And I didn't have the energy and I felt really depleted and I consciously made a choice to sit back on that election cycle in a way that I hadn't done previously. I had interviewed Hillary Clinton when she announced she was running for president. I mean, I had been super involved when Senator Kirsten Gillibrand announced that she was running for the nomination for the Democratic nominee. I was on her campaign team earlier in the year. So I you was get very, in there. I get in there. But when it came to it, I was like, I'm exhausted. I don't, I had a lot of stuff going on personally at the time. And I, chose to take care of myself over being as active as I usually would be. And I also felt so relieved because there were so many incredible people doing phenomenal work that I knew I wasn't going to be missed. Mm. I just, it was, it was fine. And I gave myself permission to not be at the forefront. And I think activism, activist fatigue is a real thing. I am nowhere close to the leader in the women's rights movement that some of my friends are, my friend Tarana Burke, who is the founder of the Me Too movement, is one of our greatest leaders. And um, we just had four days together to ourselves, and um, which was great self-care on both of our parts. Um, and I look at what she's done. I look at the, the movement that she started with the Me Too, Too movement 10 years ago, it went viral five years ago, but that work had been going on for 10 years. What this woman has done, the, the community that she has activated globally to raise awareness for victims of sexual assault and violence towards women is unprecedented. The weight that, that she has carried and the responsibility, I mean, someone like her must experience activism fatigue on another level. Oh my God. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Dealing, she's dealing with, she's dealing with legislation and like deep, deep in the weeds of changing the paradigm for, for women who have experienced sexual assault. And, you know, that's just someone who I have immense respect for. Um, and so when I think about like, Oh, you're going to sit out in an election cycle I think about how someone like Toronto Burke doesn't have the liberty of sitting out, you know, a, a cycle of the Me Too movement, you know. But you know what, though? You're so right. If you were to get in there when you weren't fully at a place of self-care and being, like, fueled, who's to say that it would have been the work, that it would have come from the place that you wanted it to come from? Because you would have been I would have, I was in out. deficit. I was in deficit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at the incredible work that's going on and the organizing that's going on since Roe v. Wade has been overturned, which, you know, there's a reason why Dr. Blasey Ford testified against Brett Kavanaugh. One of the main reasons was she knew that if he got onto the Supreme Court, that there was a high likely chance that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. One of the big reasons and that he was a dishonest, alleged assaulter. Um, but that woman risked literally literally risked her life the death threat she received in order to advocate for our gender right <clears throat> so i look at someone like her i look at someone like tarana but i look at the organizing that's going on since roe v wade has been overturned and the the like i'm on group chats with women who are you know every single day on the field abortion providers um you know, people who are, who are in the Senate trying to change legislation, um, people who are the most brilliant minds ideating on, you know, how do we get abortion pills freely available the same way you could buy a beer? You know, like there are so many brilliant minds who are constantly working to problem solve issues that affect womankind that I feel extremely privileged to have any seat at that table and or met, you know, in that text thread or whatever it is, because I learn so much, you know, I feel like a baby activist when I'm in there because 
I'm in the room or in the chat with women who, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants, you know, and, and I, and I get to experience them firsthand and see how these brilliant minds work and see how they strategize and then how they organize and, and how they execute, you know, and you, it's, it's brilliant and it's tireless and it is committed. And I'm just in awe. I'm in awe. I'm like, Hey, if there's any way I can do anything, you let me know. <laughs> what is your hope for society and civilization? I feel like we are in such a time where everything is kind of being questioned and so many things are changing. Like everything that we've thought was just a standard way of living is now being upturned and we're all seeing the, the flip side to, we're seeing the dark side to a lot of things. What is your hope for society? I mean, that's a really big question. <laughs> I feel like you just, you can just sum it up real fast. You're so good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hope that we, I hope that we can be kinder to each other. I hope that, you know, there's less violence and more understanding. Um, the, the, the kind of polarizing of opinions and marginalization of perspectives that aren't ours. I just wish there was more space for people to, to be who they are. Mm -hmm. But I think that people are dealing with, everybody is dealing with so much trauma. Right. That it is really hard for people to get back to their true nature. Yes. I feel like it's kind of like, I mean, just to compare it to like food, it's like, it's really hard to eat healthy. You know, like, I feel like exactly. it's so hard to find healthy food, even though that's what we started with. That's what we're naturally like supposed to eat. But like people out of the gate are being asked to manage so much trauma that it's very, very hard for people to be their best selves. Agreed. And I really wish that there was more support and tools in place that was cost effective and free for people to be able to be supported into a place of being able to be their authentic selves. Because from that place, I believe that incredible things can happen. I've seen it. I know it. I've lived it. And I wish that for everybody. I love that. If we could just have space to start off and then just like you go to school and you learn all of these things that like algebra, I mean, I don't even know how to do math anymore. What if we learned like, what if mental health was included or like therapy, agree with going you. through your traumas? Okay. Like let's go through your life. You're 17 years old and here's your laundry list of things that has happened to you. Of course you are struggling and depressed and have suicidal thoughts and all. And then with yeah. the pressures of the world, it, it with no support, I totally agree like you're from the start we have so much stacked against us exactly yes that is sadly true you are amazing amanda i always wrap up with leave your light what do you want people to know what i would like people to know is that there's no one more important than you and that applies to life too there is nobody more important to you than you and i don't mean that in a kind of narcissistic kind of I culture of it all being about me because we exist in an interconnected world and we must learn how to live connected to other human beings and not be so narcissistic, but that your opinion of yourself is the most important. How you feel about you is the most important and nobody else is more important than you in your world. You should be the center of your world. And then everybody else's satellites around it. Love that. Amazing. I appreciate you so much, Amanda. Thank you so much. I for have me. had such a fun time with you. Thank you for giving me the space to talk and inviting me onto your podcast. And I am, I'm excited. I'm going to be keeping eyes on you and cheering <laughs> you on from afar. And I'm excited for your, your journey and, just send me a message and let me know when you find yourself in the next room, will you? I will. Yeah, cause that's the best way of putting it. I'm definitely in the hallway right now. And like, I am excited to see what door I'm going to go in, but like, I don't even know what are the, what the doors are right now. Like, I'm just having to like... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. You don't. I don't know. I, we never know what the door even looks like. And then I guess but one day just, you just know which one to open. It just kind of presents itself. One day you're like, oh, I'm in a new room. How did I even get it? And then you track back and you're like, oh, I see how that happened. Hey, it was so great chatting with you, Amanda. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.